Get ready. Hello and welcome to College Talk. My name is Beth Brandon and I am your host. Started that intro a little early this time, but uh, it's okay because this podcast is not about being perfect. It's about uh, moving through the college going process into college and that is not a perfect journey. There's going to be ups, downs, loop-de-loops, forks in the road. Um, You're going to change your mind. You're going to make big decisions. It's going to be a little bit messy. And so I'm not going to redo it. Today, class of 2020, we're going to talk about techie computer stuffs. Um, Not anything super intense like coding or creating a personal website, although if you want to create a personal website to showcase uh, the work you've done, that's really cool. Have at it. Um, Just what I'm about to talk uh, about next is going to go very much into that if you're creating a URL. Um, Let's talk emails, shall we? Most schools, K through 12, you have an email, right, for that school. I think it was erbrandon at croslex.org. And like most schools, my email was promptly deleted in July after I graduated from high school. That's what happens at most high schools. Pretty much all of them, I would say. So... If you've used your school email for Netflix, for Steam, um, for Old Navy, for those coupons, I have no idea what you would use your your school email for, you know, whatever. Um, But whatever you've used it for, start now and start putting um, those things on a personal email address that you either create with Gmail or Yahoo or whatever um, you deem safe and what you want to use and what's agreed on by all parties. Um, But you can't just have any email, okay? Because this is the email, this this new personal email that you create that you actually want to use for everything going forward. That means your college applications. That means your transcripts, FSAID, FAFSA, all of those things. You really, 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 really want to make sure you're using this one email. And I... I frequently worked with students who uh, they couldn't remember the password to their old email or they couldn't remember their old email and so they just made a new one. And and if you've applied on a different email, it's, you're starting over again, right? Like you, <laughs> the school's not going to know that unless you call and update them, um, which you can do. But it requires you to call. That was a weird noise. But it'll require you to, to actually give them a phone call, which I also have found in doing college advising that that freaks some students out. I'm going to say right now, if that is something that you need to do, definitely know that folks in college admissions and at college universities, period, are super nice and they want to help you and they want to see you find your fit. Um, so don't be afraid to give them a call, ask them questions. They'll help you out for sure. Um, but let's jump back to that email. 
you want to make sure that you sound professional because this email is how you're interacting with people who decide whether you get into college, um, people who might be giving you scholarships. Um, you know, maybe you're doing a, a job shadow cause you're interested in something that that's a good idea to do and you need to reach out to them via email. It's a good idea to continue to have contact with them while you're in college, um, to have someone who might be able to write you a letter of recommendation later. So if you're using your personal email to do that and not your school email, um, you want to, again, make sure that what you're doing, that the email you have sounds professional. What do I mean by that? I wrote down some examples based off of people who don't exist. Danielle underscore Smith at yahoo.com. 93, you know what? Probably not unless your favorite number is 93. Kevin, um, 04, Carlson at gmail.com. Sarah underscore dance at sbcglobal.net. Now, Sarah underscore dance, if that's like a hobby or a sport that you participate in, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but if it's something you already have and you've already reached out to people, that is better than something like halomaster2217003 at hotmail.com or at gmail.com or whatever. Um, you know, if, if your email has something in it that's violent, silly, um, a pet name that maybe like a parent calls you or like someone in your family, um, you know, like Lucy Lulu or something like that, you, you know, make sure it's appropriate. Don't, you know, if your older brother made you an email and you want to use that, um, to get coupons and it's something really ridiculous, like spunky weirdo, da, 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 that's fine. Um, but know that when you're in your mid to late twenties and you're telling someone at like a gap that that's the email they can send you coupons on, you will cringe and it will make you feel sad inside. But on the bright side, you still have that professional email that you can use to apply for jobs, um, you know, apply for grad schools. You have record of what you've been doing, uh, applying for um, college and all that other stuff. That's the scoop on emails. Here's why having those personal emails that you have all the information to is so gosh darn important. Um, sending a transcript. You're going to have to do that when you apply and you're going to have to do that right next to like right after you graduate. Um, that final transcript. And I say right after you'll graduate probably sometime in May and that's going to become available more on like June, July. Um, but it, you know, it, it time zips by in the summer, right? So you're going to want to send that too. Here's the thing. A lot of schools delete those emails in July, August. And so if you haven't sent that final transcript in and you can't remember your password, you can't retrieve it because that email doesn't exist anymore. So when your counselors and or college advisors or teachers or principal or vice principal or whoever is working with you on applying for college, your parents, listen to them in this moment too. 
whoever is trying to tell you use a personal email address when you're signing up for parchment.com or whatever um, document sending thing your school uses, use your personal email address. Don't use your school email address. Do not use your school email address. I'm just going to throw that out one more time. It's, it's kind of a hard concept, but it's do not, do not use your school email address. Use a personal email address. Um, you know, I use parchment.com. Ready for this? I sent my college transcripts through parchment.com to get a job. Okay, um, they needed confirmation that I, in fact, did graduate um, with my bachelor's and, and master's from Western. So I had to send my transcripts through parchment.com. Okay, back when I graduated from high school, we think we used to use something called DocuFied. So parchment.com didn't actually exist, or I think that's actually what DocuFied turned into. But so I had to make an account anyway, but I used a personal email address. I didn't use, I still have my Western email. Um, they let you keep it, but I didn't use it. I used a personal email address um, and an email address that was already associated with that job application that I did already. So, you know, keep that in mind. And, you know, if you have a lawn mowing service and it's like Jimmy Mows Lawns at um, yahoo.com or um, Sarah Landscapes at hotmail.com. I don't know, whatever. That's okay, but have a separate one from your work and your, uh, personal, right? Um, because it's just easier to keep things separated. I have a podcast, college talk at gmail.com. I have an email for my music. I have a personal email. Um, and like I said, I have an embarrassing (laughs) that my brother made for me email that I use to get coupons from stores, but I don't want things spamming my personal email, um, that I've used for applying for jobs, um, that I use to keep in contact with old professors, um, and mentors throughout my time in college. I want to leave that, uh, email as a source, um, to really be able to connect and, and move myself forward in my career now that I'm done with school. So keep that in mind as you're starting to create those different emails. It can be a little tricky, but it's definitely worth it to kind of help things keep stay organized. So you probably took the SAT last spring. Um, I say probably, but most everyone did. Um, and, you know, when you created your collegeboard.org account, right? Um, you may have used your school email. So I don't know if this is for all schools, but some of the the schools that I've served in, um, if, you know, outside services like that couldn't send emails in, so people couldn't recover their passwords. And then we had to call and be on hold for a long time, which is why (laughs) I would assume that that also didn't work for other schools. Um, so I highly recommend using your personal email for collegeboard.org as well. And, you know, it kind of helps if you're going to community college for the first two years and you want to use that college search tool, um, on collegeboard.org, uh, wait, sorry, bigfuture.collegeboard.org, um, slash college hyphen search and you want to keep those results, you can still use that personal email address on College Board um, and kind of match it up with what your SAT scores and stuff are, you know, right? So 
You shouldn't need that if you finish with an associate's degree or after your first year. Um, they should just look at your college transcript. But, you know, you can get a better idea of if there is a transfer population or, you know, if they're going to have you live on campus or if it's a commuter. And it, it'll just give you a better sense of what you're headed into. Um, but just for during your senior year, especially when like after the first SAT in October, um, two weeks after that comes out and everyone's freaking out trying to get online and they can't remember their email and their username and they can't recover any of it because it won't send to their school email and it's horrible and stressful and you just want to know like, can I send this application in so I can get these merit scholarships or, you know, do it by early action date, whatever, um, having to sit on hold for 45 minutes or sometimes getting the message that there are so many people calling and so many people on hold that they can't, you're going to have to try back later because they're not even going to put you on hold for that long. That's devastating and super stressful, but you can avoid all of that if you use a personal email. It's that simple. Use your personal professional email, right? It's not just parchment.com and collegeboard.org that I'm going to tell you to do this for. It's one more thing. And this actually goes for parents as well. Your FSA ID. So um, closer to October, I'm really going to break down what an FSA ID is and what the FAFSA looks like and um, go through what you can do to make that process so much easier for you. There's resources in the Google folder that is attached uh, that you can get a link to in the bio. Um, and uh, I guess the bio description of this podcast, you know, same thing, right? Um, and so definitely feel free to use that. Um, but the FSA ID, again, this is for both parents and students. When you create that, you want to use a personal email that just only you have access to um, and an email that you know that you can log into. So when you create the FSA ID, right, the way I look at it, the FSA ID is literally like your username and password to get into, say, like Facebook. The FAFSA is the about me section. It's like a questionnaire. It's a form. They're just trying to get some information about you to decide um what their calculations think a family can contribute can contribute to a student's education is that always accurate in new um <laughs> but uh you can always talk to financial aid if financial situations have changed um, so keep that in your back pocket like i said we're going to talk about all this way more in depth um there is uh earlier back um, in one of the first few episodes, we really dive into financial aid. So if you want to know about it now, you can go back and check that out. Pretty much the only, the only difference is it's going to be for the 2020-21 um, um, school year instead of 2019-2020. So that's going to be your big difference there. Um, it's, it's like the Facebook username and password, only it's like 5,000 times more secure. Right? So... Getting your email, like you can use your email as the username, but getting, if you forget the username and the password, getting those back is a chore. And if they can't send anything to your school email, you have to call. And then you have to know your social security number and all of these other security identifying um, 
metrics and measures, and and it's frustrating. And the Department of Ed people are usually pretty nice, but sometimes like you can tell they've gotten a lot of these calls in one day. Um, and then it's something that's really simple that could just be avoided if you use a personal email address. And there's a form, again, in that Google folder that you can print out and you can write in your FSA ID and password. Just one parent needs it. Um, their FSA ID and password. Here's the kicker. If you're the second child to go to college, your parent, the first FSA ID and password they use, that's what they're going to use again. The parent only needs one. You're going to need to have your own every time. Sorry. Bummer for you. Great for the parents. Um, but that FSA ID and password not only gets you onto the FAFSA, it's also going to allow you to use the IRS data retrieval tool, which, honest to goodness, cuts out thirty to 15 to 30 minutes on the FAFSA. It's amazing. Plus, because they're pulling the information right from the IRS, it also lowers your chances of um, having to get a tax transcript from the IRS, which can take an infuriatingly long amount, um, long period of time to get. Um, sometimes it's the high levels that they're asking for. Sometimes it's just that's how things work. And um, you can usually avoid that if you use the IRS data retrieval tool um, for both the parent and the student. And so... I think um, really focusing on on creating that that email if you don't have one already and doing it right is really important. Um, and this is something that's a great time to like practice stuff for the future. Um, figure out how you best remember emails and passwords, usernames and passwords. If you have to start a notebook with those things in it, you know, do what you have to do. If you put it in your phone as like a special contact with like a specific name, do that, but find the way that works best for you to make sure that you can keep those safe, secure, and um, easy to access, right? So that you can continue to um, use them and you don't constantly have to be changing your password, right? Um, one thing that I, I really like is, is, um, when you're creating an account, sometimes you have to like rewrite a password a million times. And I used to think that was super annoying. Um, but I've changed since again, working um, with high schoolers and serving in high schools. Um, I think they, yeah, they do it to make sure that you've typed in what you thought you typed in, but also it's like, kind of like a memory confirmation. So instead of getting frustrated at having to type those in or just copying and pasting them, which I'm guilty of doing, I would also highly recommend that you start to um, type it out a second time and make sure that you're really taking that to heart and taking it to memory. So in summary, what you're going to do if you don't already have one is create a professional email um, I prefer like first name, maybe last initial, some numbers, uh, first name or first initial, last name. You could do first name, last name. If you're like uh, Kenneth, you could do Ken. If you're, you know, like a Sarah Athena, you could do Sarah. Struggling for names here. Um, Samantha, you could do Sam. That's fine. Like, absolutely. Um, 
but make sure that it's it's professional. And you know, if if you find like you're afraid things are going to get lost in the shuffle cuz you have one kind of like that and you have used it for stores and discounts and things like that, um it, it's okay to make a second one that's just for college as long as you again put that um, email address, username, and password all in a very safe, secure, and easy to access spot. So you don't forget it and you don't have to go through the hassle of, of reopening that. And, you know, starting to have those passwords and things saved in a spot, um, maybe not digitally, um, but like writing it down in a secure, safe place. Again, I'm going to keep saying secure, safe place. Cause I think that is something that 5,000% cannot be forgotten about. It has to be secure and it has to be safe. Um, especially for things like your FSA ID where there's access to financial information. Um, or later on your, your, that turns into what you access to check out your loan balances, um, and repay that. So you definitely want to make sure that's secure and safe. Um, but you know, if your phone crashes or you drop it, you know, in a lake, which can happen in Michigan and, you know, all of these other different things, just make sure that you know that you can continue to access that email. Um, you know, you can use that for, uh, those large, like multiple schools. You can apply to multiple schools at once, like the common app or the coalition app. Um, you can use those emails for there. That way the information you're getting from that is in the same place as the information you're getting from applying to a school singularly. Right. And, and it just helps to kind of keep you organized, keep everything organized. And if you do forget your, you know, username and password, department.com, collegeboard.org, your FSA ID, you know, you've got that email that you can fall back on. Um, I think your best bet would be to write those down though. So you don't even have to fall back on your email. Cause that is just time. Take it out of your day that you could be spent doing something else. Um, you know, if you've been working on essays for, you know, college applications and homework and you're doing after school activities and you're, you know, tutoring someone or whatever, you're doing all these things. It's taking up all of your time. Why the heck would you want to waste more time? on, um, looking up a, a username and password when you could be, you know, doing something that you really enjoy, like reading or playing music or hanging out with your dog or cat or best friend, or I would feel weird that I lumped best friend in with dog and cat, but whatever it is that you want to be doing, you could free up more of that time for yourself. If you set yourself up for success in terms of knowing what your email is, but more importantly, knowing what your username and passwords are for things. Um, cause you might need to resend a transcript later on. It happens. Um, sometimes schools mess up too, right? And not everyone's perfect. And you being prepared, um, not only saves you from a lot of stress, but it also makes you look darn good when you're more on top of it than a school's admissions office. I mean, you know, and, and it happens, right? There's such a large amount of information coming in at them at once. But if they're like, you know, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that this happened. This file just got lost somewhere. And you're like, no problem. Boom, done, sent, we're good. That, you know, just shows that you're flexible, you're honest, and you're prepared. And I think that speaks a lot, um, two people in that situation. So, you know, keep that in mind as you head into the, 
the school year, whether that's with professors, you know, if they've lost a file that you've turned into them, no, don't sweat it, have the file saved, send it again, right? And, and keep your emails with that timestamp um, or screenshot when you submit something um, because then you can show them like, nope, this is when I did it. I'm totally fine to send you another file, but at least you have proof that you sent something. With technology, glitches happen, right? It used to be human error. Um, human error is definitely still a thing that can happen, but now there's also uh, technological error, right? So kind of keep yourself protected in both ways. Do things digitally, but then save your passwords, you know, non-digitally. Um, and that way you're protected from uh, human error by the technical technological stuff and you're protected by technological error by your um, human stuff. Um, it's a pretty quick, short one today, not trying to talk your ear off. I just really, really cannot stress enough to create a professional personal email address and start using that for all things college related. It seems like a hassle right now, but I can promise you in February, March, and April, um, and in July and August, it's going to be a huge lifesaver. Um, exciting news before I do leave you, we are officially on Apple podcasts. Um, so as you're listening to this, this one will be the first one that officially, um, is posted on Castbox, but then also goes to, uh, Apple podcasts. And I'm super excited. Um, please, if you are listening on Apple, uh, please subscribe and rate, feel free to leave a comment about how weird, I mean, awesome I am. And, um, you know, let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if there's topics that you want to hear. You can also subscribe and comment on Castbox, And I would love to hear thoughts from you on there as well. Um, those things just kind of help me get a little bit more visibility and lets other people see that this is a free service that they get to have. As always, my email is podcast college talk at gmail.com. And my user, my Instagram handle is at podcast college talk. Hit me up with questions, topics to talk about, um, all sorts of things. Remember there is also the Google folder that has resources for students currently in college, juniors, seniors in high school and parents. Um, and that ranges from, you know, uh, study skills to, you know, checklists of what you should be doing throughout the year to FAFSA stuff to ways to talk to your students about college if you're the parents listening uh, or teachers or counselors, etc. So um, check that out. Feel free to take any of those resources. They are for free and I would love for you to use them. As always, thank you so much for stopping by for a chat here on Get College ready. Talk.